0: Hi guys, welcome to Farmer Fridays where I get to interview different agriculturists all over the state of West Virginia and now different parts of the nation. I'm really excited to share this interview with you guys today. I think it's probably one of the most special ones that I've had for three different reasons. Uh, the first one is this is actually my very first in-person recording that I've ever done. I started this in 2020 when COVID hit and it was for the whole purpose of the idea that I wasn't able to get close to anybody. And now I have the ability to travel to different people and have these conversations. So I'm really excited to just kind of have somebody actually next to me as opposed to staring at them through the screen. <laughs> so that's pretty exciting. Uh, the second reason why this one is so special is because Angelina is my best friend. And we've known each other since college. We went to Delaware State University together. We were also roommates. And I I was part of the agricultural sciences department. And Angelina was part of the natural resources department. And people don't really see those two things as working together, but they really do all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a really common misconception that I like talking about. But I think our friendship is a great way to kind of bring that that full circle. Full circle. Yeah, I love that. And then the last thing that makes this podcast or this interview specifically so special is the idea that we're talking about an industry that I haven't touched on yet um, through this podcast. And I got asked a question about this at Miss America on stage, and I had a lot of people come up to me and have a conversation about it after, and I thought it would be really special to, again bring somebody who is invested in this industry to you so right to you guys so we'll go ahead and get started so today I've got Angelina Watts who is working as a full with with a full-time career in the cannabis industry so Angelina how are you today
1: I'm great I'm super excited (laughs) about this I've never uh done a podcast before so this is the first time for me um
0: and I'm super excited to talk about it. Hey, I'm glad. And I'm, I'm again, I'm really excited for you to share your story. I'm just yeah, excited to hear it. <laughs> yeah, it is, but it's <laughs> yep. really good. So um, we'll start off with, you know, my introductory kind of question in the sense that I just want to know a little bit about you and your agricultural yeah, background. I mean, I know about you, but yep. people at home don't. So go for it. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> I guess we'll just start from when I was little. Um, I grew up loving horses and I always knew I wanted to ride horses And when I was in second grade and and prior to that, we weren't in an area where that was available. And then we moved uh, to the eastern shore of Maryland and I was guaranteed by my mom that we would find riding lessons. (laughs) And I was fortunate enough to show um, all through my childhood life through 4-H, staying at the fair and participating in all Mm -hmm. of the events and things like that. It was an amazing opportunity and having that experience with agriculture um, at the same time. And then fast forward a few years, I uh, had my first uh, show experience with our previous coach, and she was uh, the judge. And she kind of roped me into the uh, equestrian uh, experience um, through college and um, uh, let me know about the the program at Delaware State University. And that was my next goal to, to ride at Division I level um, on the NCAA equestrian team. So with that said, um, I worked hard and graduated high school and started as a student athlete at Delaware State. Um, I grew up hunting and fishing, and uh, I really thought I wanted to be a fisheries biologist. Um, And I spent my um, entire college career studying fisheries. I worked under a professor um, doing Atlantic sturgeon research, which It's pretty special. Atlantic sturgeon (laughs) are a prehistoric um, fish that have been around long before we even existed. Mm -hmm. And I got to uh, spend time doing research of an endangered species. And I did that for two years. Um, And then COVID hit. And I was like, what's next for me? I want to try something new in the natural resources field, but no one was hiring. And so um, being on the Eastern Shore, I'm just looking around for different environmental uh, jobs. Um, from natural resources to working in an experimental lab, anything I applied and applied and no one no one was biting. Um, but I had a friend who worked at a medical cannabis grow. And I was like, hmm, well, that's something plant related um, interests me. I had no idea of what it meant to grow cannabis or anything like that. Um, But she loved the job and said it was a great experience. It had a schedule, which was something I wasn't used to before, (laughs) which we all know is hard in the agriculture and natural resources business. Um, I'm very um, oriented in the fashion of like I like schedule and routine. So I was like, I'll give it a try. And I started at the low end of the the totem pole and worked my way up um, and now a supervisor uh, at,
0: at a pretty amazing facility. That's awesome. And that kind of tells me, um, my next question is what led you into the working into this field. Um, So you never really expected to jump into this kind of an industry. Yep. But now that you are, and you say that you love it. um, I guess what's the next step for you in the sense of so you're, you're a manager right now, you're going to continue to stay in that position for a while. Yep. Yep. So uh,
1: the medical cannabis field in itself is very diverse. Um, If you think about production as a whole um you need everyone from an inventory manager to someone that uh works in HR and everything in between so um that's managers and leads and technicians and anything else you can think of people that work with packaging or people that work with plants and so uh it allows a lot of different opportunity for some reason maybe i decide i don't want to uh you know follow the plant route i can switch sides and um go more of the people route or maybe inventory or anything so I'm very happy where I am right now because I spend a lot of time training people that have had no experience just like myself into someone that um, is very knowledgeable
0: and great at their job. And I just find that very rewarding. And I definitely know that you're great at your job. Um, So in our college apartment at Delaware state we had an insane amount of any kind of plant under the sun. And Angelina was our resident like, plant grower. She's phenomenal. She's got a major green thumb and I'm sitting here in her home right now and I'm surrounded by plants. So <laughs> she's amazing. And I can definitely tell that you are really good at that. You know, whether you are on the plant side or the, um, person side of things or like the, and uh, you're just a great people person in general. Oh, so yes. I I know that you're great at your job. And something else that I wanted to touch on too is in my hometown, we're actually opening a medical cannabis processing center and people are a bit concerned in West Virginia. So if anybody um, at home, you're not you know too familiar, we are still in the Eastern shore right now. I am in Maryland. Uh, Angelina works in Maryland. I live in West Virginia, so laws are different across yep. state borders. So in West Virginia, um, we're opening that medical cannabis processing center and people are a bit concerned. And in my mind, I see so many job deserts in our state. Yep. This is, I feel like, a route to fixing that problem. Do you think? You just mentioned yes. how diverse it is. Yeah,
1: I totally agree. I think it is an amazing experience. Um, just starting out, um. I I had no experience with what I was doing, but I was able to pull the experience I gathered from working in fisheries. uh, And also I worked at an oyster hatchery for a summer. It's all production and it's all very similar in that sense. So I was able to take that skills and apply it to what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. And anyone can do that. So uh, we find that a lot of people excel um, at this job that have had uh, restaurant experience Mm -hmm. or um, just anything fast-paced and and oriented in, in that kind of fashion or or very much detail-oriented uh, or pharmacy or anything, really, um, or none at all. You could be, um, you know, fresh out of college and ready to start something new. So um, to provide people with that kind of opportunity in an area that doesn't otherwise have it, it's, it's great, and I don't think it should be something scary. I think it should be something exciting. But I do understand why it's scary because it's new. It's uh, to think back like this is a brand new industry that has never been uh, tested. We're building from the bottom up. Um, You know, you're thinking about production of uh, consumer goods or let's say cardboard boxes or anything like that that's been going on for, you know, decades, whereas this has only become legal in, in our lifetime. So, uh, there's a lot to do and a lot to learn and you can provide that influence yourself. You can pave the way to what this looks like and be a part of it mm-hmm. versus just being a, you know, an employee.
0: Yeah. I love that. And you you just said something um, that might concern some of my viewers in the sense that this hasn't been tested. When you mean that, you mean that this is just a new industry. It's a growing industry. Of course. But there is still a ton of research that has already been done to back this up and to make this a safe and consumable product. Yep. Um, I did want to talk about, too, you know, on the Maryland side of things, but I'm sure if this becomes legal for recreational use in the state of West Virginia, those rules and regulations would be adopted in our state as well. Um, So I wanted to go ahead and touch on the rules and regulations that you know of in the state of Maryland that make this a safe and consumable product.
1: Yep. So um, first off, it's very important to note that all of this information is online and available to the public. Um, And another note of that as well is uh, Maryland is uh, right at the fringe of becoming recreationally legal and with that as well as a lot of different regulations that separate from the medical market mm-hmm. and uh, which is also publicly available. They have um, the the template or the draft of what that would look like come July 1st. Um, so then all of us can take a read and, you know, see what that looks like. Um, and I think that's really important for the consumer and just, the public to know that you know this is going to be a safe, consumable product for somebody yeah. and uh, comparable to hopefully pharmaceuticals um, one day. So <clears throat> with that, uh, I, it's important to note the regulations on what we're allowed to use um, and, and all that uh, included with that. Um, it's very much compared to any other agricultural product. Uh, growing soybeans in a field, we're only allowed to use certain chemicals or um, bio uh, fungicides, biopesticides, pesticides. Um, and that that's it. We're very restricted. And that's good. I think it's mm-hmm. great. Um, there's concern that we're doing things that people don't know about, or we're hiding things. But um, within the state of Maryland, it requires all of these uh, facilities to get third party testing on all of our products, which is very important. So that means what you're buying from our company is tested the same as somewhere else. And that's,
0: consistency. And that's what the consumer needs. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes people more comfortable with what they are consuming. And I love that idea. I also love the idea that you're using uh, biocontrols too. So that's uh, something else that we haven't jumped into at all on this podcast is the use of different insects or different plants yep. to mitigate pest control yep. or mitigate the the issue of pests or um, issues that you might find in growing plants. And I think sometimes too, we forget the idea that this is you're just growing plants.
1: Yeah, like, it's just a plant. It existed yeah. long before we, we put it inside a building or, you know, made it precision. It grew wild somewhere at one time. So it it's subjected to the same things that
0: corn or anything else has ever been. And you know, you are utilizing precision agriculture yep. to make this happen, which is the exact same procedures that somebody who's growing lettuce or tomato yep. plants might utilize as well. Exactly. So that's an awesome, that's just
1: an awesome thing. It's hand um, in hand. So let's say I don't want to do this field anymore and I want to work uh, growing lettuce or other goods. I can do that and apply the same skills I have now there.
0: Yeah, I love that. And then I also wanted to touch on, I don't have that on my on my list right now, but my brain is just going wild right now because I, I just think of way too much stuff all the time. Um, The idea that you can put into what you're growing, what you get out of it, in the sense that you can have this as a renewable resource. Yep. Yeah. So are you able to go into that or not?
1: Not a ton. Okay. Uh, a lot of industry secrets and things that uh, can't be disclosed, <laughs> unfortunately. And that just comes with the nuance of this field. Um, I feel like years from now, it'll be an open thing that everybody talks about at the same, Um, coming from something that was previously black market to now fully public. most companies are very reserved about what, you know, they're, they're giving away.
0: Yeah. But drawing the same, uh, like the same parallel, think about companies like Purdue. Yep. When you're growing poultry for Purdue, there are a lot of industry she- secrets that yep. you can't share with exactly. People. So it's the exact same thing. Restaurants with- too. Yeah. It's all in the <laughs> same company that you're working with. It's not because it's like some top secret exactly. plan. It's the idea that it's the company itself that yep. isn't sharing that information. Yeah. We're
1: good at our right. job and we, we want to hold on to that, you know, if yeah. everyone's good at it, then And, you know, there's no business.
0: Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Moving forward, uh, we just you just mentioned something about it becoming legal for recreational use in Maryland. What do you think that's going to look like for the state of Maryland?
1: Sure. So I'll kind of talk about the difference first. So currently we're only uh, a medical market, so (laughs) that is tax free. Um, cash-only uh, business. Mm-hmm. So you have to acquire uh, your certification and be, uh, you know, approved through a doctor to get your card to then go to a dispensary and purchase right. uh, products, um, just like any other prescription um, medication. So the same way. Uh, only difference is cash, and that's just because it's federally illegal, and a lot of banks don't want to deal with it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so with the transition to recreational, we'll still maintain both, and uh, most companies as a whole will still sell both. Um it, the difference is just what happens to it. So okay. uh the recreational uh products will be taxed um as alcohol or any other uh product like that is um and then that gets you know spit back up in into the state as as taxes and revenue for you know roads, schools, whatever they want to do with it. So yeah. um that's the difference there. Uh, people that have their medical card now will be able to maintain that, and those that know nothing or don't use it for medical purposes and kind of want to use it recreationally instead will be able to do that, but it might be at a little bit higher of a price, but um, they have to weigh the benefits of both and maintain both in that fashion. So kind of weigh which one you want to pick. Yeah. So yeah.
0: something else that I really don't know much about, I mean, I haven't really looked into this too much in the state of West Virginia. There are age caps for somebody who wants to purchase marijuana for recreational use, correct? Yes,
1: you have to be 21. Yeah, so just, just like alcohol and cigarettes, okay. same thing. Yeah, no, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, I, do I wanna... One second, though. On that, though, we do allow... Um or some states allow, uh, children to consume, or you become, you can become a certified caregiver, so then let's say myself, I can go and purchase the products for my, uh, you know, elderly grandmother or maybe my child, and so that they can consume in a safe fashion and, and get relief that they need.
0: Yeah, go into that a little bit for the medical uses of of marijuana. Yeah, so,
1: um, there's a lot of other great resources available. Netflix and stuff has really taken off when you know different the documentaries, documentaries and, yeah. and TV shows and things that are very informative to kind of get you get you out there and, and learn about it. But um, primarily, it's used for pain, cancer, um, anxiety, depression, PTSD. Um, pretty much, uh, there, there's so many different uses just because of the ways that you can consume it. I would say so. You can go from having something that's topical. Um, and you can apply on your joints because you have really bad arthritis mm-hmm. or you um, can take an edible or there's also tinctures and things that you can mix with your food and they each have a different effect and a different way of helping you. Um, and then you also have the common smokable option with flour, uh, whether that's in a joint or a, a bowl or, you know, whatever you want to choose. Um, but each has a different effect for different people and people use it in different ways. Um, A lot of people find relief with nausea um, that are going through chemotherapy Mm -hmm. um, or just
0: rest, which I think is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if this is something that you are considering as an option, make sure that you're consulting a medical professional to get that information from them first. Um, Neither of us are medical professionals, (laughs) but... Um, we're just here to talk about what we know, and you know, again, if this is something that you are interested in, make sure that you're talking to your doctor. Um, yes. But it it is a, a viable option for so many people, yep. and I know in the state of West Virginia, um, we have the opioid crisis, yep. and that's because of pain management. People are using prescription painkillers yep. to help with their pain management, yep. whereas they could potentially follow this route to mitigate those those yep, issues. Of course,
1: and. Uh, the, the opioid crisis, it's scary. Um, I've seen firsthand with family members, just not even just opioids, but other prescriptions, um, just being prescribed things because they have an ailment rather than figuring out why that ailment's occurring. Right. Um, and then they're ending up on something that is much stronger or not needed. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas they could use maybe edibles day to day or a tincture to kind of uh, mitigate pain or anxiety or anything like that. Um, And I just think it's an amazing route because it's 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 not made in a lab in that sense. You know, it's it's grown naturally. It grows naturally in our environment. And you can only believe that maybe our ancestors used it um,
0: to mitigate issues that they were having um, when pills didn't exist Yeah, absolutely. Um so switching gears just a touch and going back into something that we had mentioned before, mm-hmm. something that I love talking about and this whole podcast revolves around agriculture. So I wanted to go into how do you think that, you know, production of cannabis could affect the agricultural industry?
1: I think it can only make it grow. It's it's pretty amazing um just the the resources that we use are the same that any other company uses. So that means that we're reaching out to companies that are local for, you know, different goods and we're consuming in much the same way, let alone the job opportunities that that provides for someone with an agricultural degree. Right. Um, maybe they want to take it from, you know, that from one level, you know, up to something that's precision agriculture. It's mm-hmm. very scientific. You're, you're catering to these plants in a way that the outdoors does not provide and you're giving them exactly the right kind of nutrients and lighting and things. And you're producing art basically. Um, And there's a lot of fine tuning involved with that and mind work and and science. So (laughs) it's very interesting and uh, a lot to learn. And we're just going to keep learning about it and get better at it. And I think it's a great avenue for agriculture um, to explore something new, which hasn't been done, I wouldn't say in very, very recently.
0: Yeah, no, my, my onstage question at Miss America was actually just about this. Um. You know, do you believe in the legalization of marijuana? That was my my question. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know a lot about that. But I know enough about the agricultural side of things to think about it from that perspective, in the sense that I know it's going to increase agricultural revenue, I know yep. it could increase land use yep. for agricultural purposes. And, it, and like you said, it can only go up, like right. helping with the ag industry can only make it better. Right. Um. So this is such a viable option that people could explore. And I think that we as as a whole, we don't explore the things that we're scared of. Right. And I think that's where a lot of the hesitancy comes from.
1: It's mm-hmm. something new. Um, and in the town that we're we're operating in, it it was the same kind of deal. And then until we started bringing tours on site and you know showing them that this isn't something scary, we're just regular old people, yeah. you know, making a living um, and doing something amazing. Uh, it's a lot less scary and people are a lot more open-minded to
0: it once they see it
1: and understand it.
0: Absolutely. And now I'm going to ask you a question. I think we all know the answer to this question or the answer that you're going to provide, but I'm going to ask you the same thing that I got asked. Do you believe in the legalization of marijuana?
1: I truly believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, We were just watching a show that uh, that said decriminalize plants. And I think that that is the statement of the year. Um, It's pretty baffling to me, honestly, that we are as as human beings are banning something that existed for I, I don't know how long hundreds and thousands of years maybe um but uh fact check me on that one <laughs> um, but something that that grows naturally and will grow naturally if we don't touch it and I just think that's scary that we have decided that something's illegal. Um, and it's a plant that's it should be federally le- legal and we should be able to do research on it just like anything else. Yeah. Um and be able to get it to a point where we can really define what dosage looks like day to day for each type of ailment that that's out there and unfortunately that kind of research isn't available because it's not legal. Um limited research is very limited to now just hemp which is similar plant, it produces CBD versus THC, Mm -hmm. but it's still not the same. And as much as we want to do research on that, it's not going to be the same as if you're actually looking at a a cannabis plant that's producing THC.
0: Right, exactly. Um, My brain just left my body and this happens all the time. Oh, so my, my thought process moving forward is the idea that if it is federally regulated, we do legalize it then it is gonna be that safer product to consume exactly. as opposed to something that you know your friend might be growing or you know right. you get it from you know again unsafe resource or unsafe sources yep. um so having that legalization I think would just only benefit people moving forward it's safer it's a safer
1: product um I know a lot of people that have uh smoked cannabis for most of their life and until it's become federally legal they only bought from their friend or, you know, whatever that meant. And they're growing that in their backyard or wherever using harsh chemicals or maybe nothing at all, or who knows? Um, whereas we're so regulated that it's, it, it is safe and and we're using products that are safe for people. Um, a, a question that I got asked recently um, was from my dental hygienist. She, she was uh, scared about uh, the recreational uh, law passing here July 1st, because what is what is that product going to look like? That, right. Does that mean that she's going to be buying things at the dispensary that are grown in someone's backyard? Right. And that's far from the truth. It's mm-hmm. going to be under the same strict rules and, and regulations that we are. We're, we're inspected randomly um, at any time, any given day unannounced, and we're held, held to very strict rules. And I think that's very important um, it, going
0: forward. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, you're also, I mean, so this is an agricultural industry, like we mentioned before, people don't tend to look at it like that. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is an ag industry, or you you are heavily active in an ag industry. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the idea, too, that we're both working in a male-dominated industry, and sometimes we're looked at a little bit differently because we are female working in a male-dominated industry. So how do you stay positive in uh, an environment like that?
1: Well, I think my up bringing, uh, has allowed me to do that. Um, fortunately, um, my father is a great example. He raised me as if I was his son and daughter combined. Yeah. So I grew up out doing things, uh, with him hunting and fishing, being out on the boat. Um, he never let me feel like I couldn't do something. Mm -hmm. I, he made sure I was as independent as possible. Um, I learned how to take all the tires off of my truck and change my oil and all those kinds of things and kind of push that confidence within me to, you know, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I can't do the hard work. So with that, um, kind of pulled that with me through college and met my professor who was also my boss and mentor. And he made my experience in fisheries, which is also a can- uh, a male dominated uh, industry, he always made me very comfortable um, and advocated for me as a, a young woman um, in a, a male dominated industry. And so I, I learned ways to be confident and assert myself and be respectful and, and make others respect me and my my opinion. And so with that, I've you know now transferred it to my current position. And it's very empowering and makes me f- feel prepared for what I'm doing just
0: based off of my previous experience. Right. So you're not being bossy. You're being assertive. Exactly. You're asking for what you need um, to complete your job or your task. I tell people all the time that persistence and consistency is the key, yeah. um, you know, because if you have that one person, whether they're a man or a woman, that's telling you that you can't do something, right. that's when you get it inside your head. Like, I can't, I guess I can't do this, yeah. but if you stay persistent with what you're doing, you go after every single day consistent yeah exactly the sky's the limit at that point yep so and i preach
1: that to my my uh my co-workers and and those that work uh as my staff that if you want something it's only you that can go get it and as as we grow as a company, you know, we are a corporate business. Uh medical cannabis is a massive industry right now and it, it's corporate. So with that, you can feel yourself being a little bit small sometimes, but you can't let that consume you. You are your advocate. So if you're not screaming from the mountaintops for what you want and what you deserve, then you're not going to get it. And your friend or your your coworker isn't going to get it for you either. So only you can speak to that.
0: I just got goosebumps. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's going to be like my quote on my, my actual description <laughs> of the episode. Great. I love that. Yeah, yep. Um, that's got me through it, really. Yeah. So my, I wanted to ask too, before I jump into my last question, is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you wanted to touch on? I
1: don't think so. I, I just think it's just driving at home that this isn't scary. This is an opportunity to jump into a field that, seems maybe a little bit terrifying, but it's very new and there's so much to learn. And everyone is always very uh, open to teaching and educating you, asking questions. I probably drove people nuts when I first started because I was always asking questions, but that's how you get good answers. So um, having the questions to ask and and getting your foot in the door. Um, But like I said, you can take that wherever you can Uh, be in marketing or you could be in HR or you could grow plants, you know, really, really whatever you want.
0: So it doesn't matter what your background is. There is a a place for you you. in this industry. Exactly. I love that. My last question for you really stems from the FFA creed. and I know you weren't an FFA kid, but that's okay. (laughs) 4-H is close. Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) okay. Um, So the beginning of the FFA creed begins with, I believe in the future of agriculture. So why do you believe in the future of agriculture?
1: I believe in the future of agriculture because this is the the future. Um, growing uh, pre- something in a precision, very high-tuned uh, environment is what is going to produce food for our country. Um, our population only really keeps rising, and then we have to find availability for this. Um, growing indoors allows for two-tier or three-tier or however many um, systems that uh, that's more canopy space, that's more consumable products, whether it's lettuce or smokable flower and cannabis. So um, the sky's the limit with that. And we spoke about growing indoors, but outdoors is an option too. And uh, row cropping and things like that are also very popular in cannabis, just like anything else. Um, So there's just a lot of opportunity to grow and learn. And um, like I said before, cannabis is like any other uh, plant out there. If I want to go grow tomatoes or peppers or anything like that, I could too. Yeah.
0: That was a tough question, but great answer. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much for agreeing to share your story. You know, it means a lot to so many different people that this is becoming legal and this is becoming a, a thing now. So um, I appreciate what you're doing yeah. um, for women in agriculture and for the ag industry as yep. a whole. And thank you for sharing that story. Yes,
1: of course. Um, <laughs> it, it's very unique and uh, I can't wait to see where it takes me.
0: Absolutely. And thank you for being such a great friend. Yes. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I always wrote my friends doing things like this. Uh, So I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. And thank you guys at home for listening to this Farmer Friday. That concludes this interview. Make sure that you are tuning in next week to see who I might have. And as always, please remember to thank your farmers.